आई वी एम वेलकम टू एब्सोल्युटली राइट अ शो डिजाइन टू सेलिब्रेट एंड डीकोड माइंड ऑफ सम अमेजिंग अचीवर्स आई एम योर होस्ट अदिति सुराना आई एम अ ग्राफोलॉजिस्ट एंड अ हाई परफॉर्मेंस कोच Our guest today Vasundhara Das is a well-known singer, actor and music composer. Her filmography as an actor includes internationally acclaimed movies like Hey Ram, Meera Nair's Monsoon Wedding and many others. As a playback singer she has sung more than 60 songs for AR Rahman, Vishal Shekhar, Shankar Ehsan Loy and many other amazing composers. What you might not be aware of about Vasundhara's journey is that she runs a company called Drum Jam with her husband and partner Roberto Narayan. they have managed to make half a million people experience the transformational power of music through group drumming over the past 10 years they have worked with diverse communities and various leaders across sectors you can know more about their work on drumjam.in and communitydrumjamfoundation.in in today's conversation while analyzing vasundhara's handwriting we explored many things how does she use voice as a medium to allow people to express their hidden and unexplored emotions how her signature reveals what part of her signature reveals her discomfort in socially superficial situations how vasundhara consciously chooses her growth process by setting out uncomfortable experiments and lastly what can you learn about yourself from the tilt or slant of your handwriting stroke vasundhara will introduce us to her passionate and musical journey on the other side of this short break stay tuned Hello everybody, welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want to wish you all a happy Diwali. Hope you had a great festive season. It's been a great week in terms of the kinds of guests we've had and the kind of conversations we've had on the network this week. Do definitely check some of these things out. On this round on me with Gauri Devidyal. She had a great conversation with Gauri Maurara, who's one of the best-known chefs in the world. It was just absolutely riveting. Do check that out. On states of anarchy, Hansini Hariran spoke about chronicling India's different wars. Again, really interesting episode. Check that out. Ashton had a very interesting episode on his show, The Habit Coach. It was called "I Don't Feel Like Doing Anything." It's about how to overcome malaise, just generally, and I thought really, really interesting stuff. Kumi Vayana was the guest on Cyrus Says on Monday's episode last week, and uh, she's an educator. And my God, it was such a fascinating conversation talking about the way education functions in India and some of the changes she'd like to see. Just really, really interesting stuff. Do give that a listen. On Uncle Please Sit, Anupam Manohar was there with Joel and Tushar talking about the Indian economy, part one of a two-part series. Second part will be out this week. You should definitely check that out. Lastly, I want to talk to you all about the Filter Coffee podcast. Karthik Nagarajan, who hosts that show, was a little bit of a break he's back with a banger of an episode it is with Himura Maya who used to run landmark stores and they talk about the culture of bookstores and quizzing and all kinds of stuff really interesting conversation do check that out and with that let me get you back to your show hi vasundhara how are you doing so we know your story as an actor as a singer and uh, i was so thrilled and curious to know about your story as a drum circle facilitator tell us more about drum circle basically a drum circle is a group of people that sit in a circular seating arrangement and they play drums and percussion instruments mm. together uh it's as simple as that then usually there is a facilitator that takes them through that uh, journey yeah um facilitates them through from them a lot of them touching an instrument for the first mm. time in their lives 
to a point where they're all playing together and it's actually musical and rhythmical okay. um and then by the end of it um that particular group of people comes to form a very deep and uh, strong um for a, you know a, a dialogue and a, a form of communication that isn't really using words but isn't any less expressive mm-hmm. than uh, any conversation might have been right um so for a lot of people you know they go they walk away from a drum circle with a lot of different things depending on where they are in their mm-hmm. personal lives so for example you know lots of people find um a sense of stress release a lot of people find a sense of catharsis a lot of people find deep relaxation mm-hmm. um a, a lot of people just just feel that they can express themselves and be creative uh because as facilitators we try our level best to make it a non-judgmental space so it's not exactly uh, you know a place where musicians would come and show their prowess rather it's a place where anybody of any level of uh, mm-hmm. skill can come and express themselves so that's more the that's so interesting when you say this because for me handwriting expresses that aspect of your deeper emotion and your connection where your body takes over and it it talks about things that otherwise you can't believe and you can't even understand yeah. and here you are approaching the same mind body coordination from a different perspective altogether it's so fascinating to learn yeah. about it in 2006 we started a company called drum mm-hmm. jam which did this for corporations right. mainly and then subsequently we started a foundation um called community drum jam foundation which you know we've been organizing a uh, community drum circle for bangladeshis yeah. in the center of town free of cost you know people just walk in and drum together and stuff like that so that's been happening since 2013 wow. um and also you know we've realized that a lot of populations don't aren't able to access those even though the community drum circles are in a public um, space space mm-hmm. uh accessible public space so to those kinds of communities like people in old age homes or people in you know children at risk kids at risk right. girls at risk parkinson's patients uh, you know patients with dementia we try and take it to them as as often as we can of course this is up until the pandemic because oh, yeah. you know it's it's a community activity where people gather together in large numbers and there is a tactile <laughs> activity involved your you're touching something so the pandemic just kind Stop of <laughs> made us pause so are you doing something online yeah. for people to connect up to this activity you know the sense of it is really in sure. person so when you take you can take it online and you can do something but it's not going to be a drum sure. circle it's going to be an engagement of some sort that involves rhythm or music but you know you can't really call it a drum circle when you look at connecting with yourself you know through music through all these activities for our listeners is there anything you can say that they can do because you know your journey has been deeper with music and and one can see how you have evolved over a period of time there are almost like different upgrades of your personality like one i was going through your older interviews and i was like oh my god i can't believe that the person you have evolved is the same person because you can see the transition which is very drastic so 
is what what were your tools or what were your methods that you used to go through this transition so i think that you know in a country like india with the kind of cultural heritage that we grow up with and we take sure. for granted um our foundations are really deep and mm-hmm. really strong um so for example if i had to talk about it from the perspective of music mm-hmm. itself um from you know age 6 i remember that my mom and my grandmom at home would um you know keep asking me to do riyaz at home which is basically you know every everyone knows it's sare gama or very early in the morning with your harmonium or your tantra right. uh, so those are things that one just sort of compartmentalized as music and just took completely for granted and then you know let it be in that little mm. capsule when you look at it from a different perspective of say um how often do we um, vocalize as human beings how often do we allow ourselves to um truly and really express mm. ourselves say what we want to say or say what right. we're feeling um how much of our true feelings and emotions do we actually hold mm. back and how much of that can we correlate to a simple uh, exercise alankar of just holding a note okay. so can people without any training use that as a way to express themselves definitely and i think we all do you know we have our own um without realizing it we vocalize we use sounds from our voice box and we kind of you know um when you're tired you may just <clears throat> and that's a vocalization in itself you know i, I never connected Or, with voice before the podcast ever so when i started listening to my own voice i realized that it is so honest and it says everything that you feel and everything that you are trying to hide and trying to emote it just is one of the honest communications that we are not aware of and and what you're saying makes sense to me only because of my few months of experience in podcasting but i heard myself yeah. for the first time that's true but, but think about it you know when you go to school in india you're told to keep quiet all the, all time. the time right you you yeah. keep quiet you're told not to speak loudly laugh i mean you're about this all the time and all in in a lot of different places like you know when you go into work you know the best advice someone will give you is you know just stay um below radar so there's a lot that's mm-hmm. unsaid and there's a lot that's unspoken or unsung mm-hmm. in us and um so when you know so so when i thought about that and i went back to this whole thing of this all we do in riyaz is hold sa it's doing two things it's it's allowing you to breathe deeply and it's allowing you to vocalize it's allowing you to release something it's which we do both of them we don't realize how much no. we don't do it So, like so, breathing, breathing deeply has its own uh, connection with yourself, and most people are not aware that they require to pause, maybe, and breathe longer. And what you're saying is, is no. the vocalization that's so important. Try it for a day or two and see if that you know if that uh, rocks your boat or changes something in the way you feel. Just you know, a lot of us say mm. Om, a lot of us just say mm. Ha. a lot of us say you know this is this isn't 
tied into any particular cultural baggage um it's as universal as you can make it so even i, I can't even say okay make hmm. this sound or say it like this or sing it this way all of that is totally up to the person that wants to really just you know let it out be heard that's so interesting like we always think being heard is about my thoughts and my words and my emotions but what you're saying is being heard is about just the voice and the act the physical act wow. of the producing sound and that that by itself becomes your first major journey or step towards expression that's brilliant that's so mm-hmm. so wonderful to even think about so from a perspective of yoga we have you know our chakra system which is our right. energy body so there are sounds that are associated with our energy body with the different right. chakras so it could just be that for people who believe in that mm-hmm. philosophy for people who are okay saying a sound like om it's it's really one of the most perfect sounds scientifically because you know it's it's a circular sound um and it it really dispels quite a lot of you know it, it recharges um, you in a way the vibration of that particular sound um, really sort of uh, recharges you like you say or you could also say that um it it makes your uh, energy body vibrate in a way that it um allows for you to regenerate like in your um emotional state and things like that so it really depends on what belief system each person has and it's really not in my place to say one should do this or one should do that so when we look at uh, graphology and i was as drawing connections in my mind because when i look at the the handwriting stroke for me it is the the physical expression of the mind so i have your handwriting sample mm-hmm. with me and uh, i was looking at certain aspects so i was looking at first and the most important thing for me is your connection with with art or music or self expression now we spoke about expression so much but when i look at your writing one thing that stood out is as a person you are you are an introvert you take a lot of time <laughs> you take a lot of time before you really trust somebody to open up emotionally so you may speak you may communicate very clearly but when it comes to opening up and sharing your emotional space uh it is a lot to do with knowing the person trusting the person and it's almost like a like a un- unknown test that the other person is subjected to and when they <laughs> they qualify and walk through five stages is when you say okay now you qualify so now i can open up and talk about it what gave you that uh, you know what brought you to that so conclusion? handwriting has 800 parts so the permutation and combination of which talks about your personality but when it comes to uh, expression one of the things that we look at is the slant of the writing so sometimes people have slant that moves towards the right which talks about how they are expressive they want to connect it's almost like somebody leaning towards you then there is a slant which is straight where you take time and you evaluate the situation uh, you know it's like uh, hindi movie deewar where you are like amitabh bachchan in that character he takes time right he's not open he's not jumping and then you have a slant that goes slightly backwards which is going to the left and that slant talks about somebody really taking time so your handwriting moves mm-hmm. from the left to the to the straight and it is in that range 
So when, when you see the range okay. of writing in terms of the tilt of the writing, it talks about how you connect and how easily you open up. You know, I found that my handwriting kind of, you know, it goes back okay. and forth. Depends on where I'm sitting and writing. So even if you think so, <laughs> even if it goes back and forth, there is a kind of formation which is consistent. So what you think is moving okay. for me, it's because it's a graph. The graphology is a study of graph. So it creates a graph which yeah. shows steadier movements. So if we look at, say, an ECG uh, reading, we would look at it as like some erratic movement but for a doctor who understands it it's a graph that tells tells him that how it works or you know tells her how to interpret it so that's what happens if you think your handwriting is moving is really not moving that much <laughs> okay <laughs> so your enthusiasm and your willingness to jump in in the face of a challenge or a conflict or even a problem adversity is a very signature move that people who are close to you would connect to. Like if you are given a problem, you would rarely back off. You would say, okay, there's a problem. There's something for me to learn. Let me jump in and figure it out. And that's so different and interesting because you see people around, they they freak out when things get tougher. You come alive when things get tougher. To me, there's no you know sense in backing down if there's something in your way. I don't know. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> So, you know, you remember yeah, something yeah, where, yeah. where things were like really difficult and most people thought of giving up or quitting and you were there looking at it as an excited child who wanted to figure it out? You know, I would say my choice of career <laughs> would pretty much signal that. Um, but also, you know, um, to go back to before, um, you know, to, to when I was finishing my degree, um, and I knew my parents wanted to, me to do a master's degree and they didn't really um, want me to lose a year or to, you know, uh, squander away time as mm. they looked at it. But I remember having these uh, long conversations, negotiations, <laughs> I call them, <laughs> saying, I need, you know, everything that I wanted to do has always been priority to, right. you know, in comparison to whatever you guys have wanted me to do. So you need to give, you know, in all fairness, you need to give me a year to see at least if, you know, there's any chance of me being able to hmm. chase whatever, my dream sure. or whatever. So that that conversation, I think, happened in my final year degree. Okay. And then um, after my exams, I, I took a year off um, officially. Like I kind of said, no, I'm not <laughs> applying to a master's program. And then... Um, I don't know what it was, but, you know, there was this uh, confidence, mm-hmm. I would say, of, you know, trying something out and saying, okay, I, I'm willing to accept failure if by the end of this year, nothing happens, then okay, I'll accept. I'm willing to accept it as a, as a failure and then move onwards into something else that seems more plausible. So what happened in that year? Everything, you know, so I... Within a month, um, I um, I went to Chennai because my parents were a little wary of me going Bombay. to uh, mm-hmm. Bombay. And then I um, my, walked into a record label. I you know did an did an audition. Um, they signed me, um, and then I you know they asked me to make a mm-hmm. a demo. 
so that we could figure out what kind of album we wanted to make. And then in the meantime, there were lots of people who want who wanted to uh, cast me in films. So a lot of them I said no to because you know I didn't have any experience. And then of course the the singing assignments started to roll in. So pretty much in, in the matter of I'd say two months, um, I had quite a quite a few options to choose from. In Incredible, and, and that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have jumped and chosen the journey that you did. Yeah, if I hadn't kind of said no, I need this time yeah. to uh, go do what I what I want to do and see if and. I think the important thing there is to be okay with it not mm, working. Sure. And that, you know, and that was something that I remember I was okay with. You know, I was like, if nothing happens at the end of the year, none of us lost anything. It's just a year gone. So what you're also saying, which is like so interesting, that you're saying that, okay, that, that was a time, and even till date you keep doing this, that you keep trying out things that you believe in. And if they work out, if they play out, great. If they do not play out, you're okay accepting defeat. You are okay accepting the exper- experiment has failed. But experimenting is a is a higher commitment than actually being result oriented. Yeah, to be able to be put yourself in that position of possible disappointment. I, I love that term. Or, you know, I love that term. That's so because, powerful. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you need to. Uh, at the end of the day, you need to be okay with it. You need to be able to sure. live with it. And mostly people struggle to live with themselves when they do not do what they knew was possible. If you wouldn't have taken the break, it wouldn't have been possible anyways. Yeah, I might have lived, lived to regret it. That was not something that I okay. was willing to wager. You know, this. So, so I, I'm, sh- you know, I'm not the only one. A lot of, a lot of us are... Um, you know, we, we, we come to those crossroads many, many times yeah. in our lives. Um, but the important thing for us to recognize is that we need to be objective in that moment. You know, and be able to kind of say, okay, what are my boundaries here? What are my, you know, what am I going to be okay with? What am I going to, what, what's going to dive, adversely affect me? And what is that adverse effects? What is it? You know, what but is the worst? How do you decide happen? that? Like, you know, when you say, I would like to accept disappointment or failures, how do you decide the boundary of failure? Like, you know, some I've seen people staying hopeful on the journey. They're like, no, no, let me give one more try. Let me try it out. So for you, when you do it, is it time bound? Is it result bound? How do you decide when is it the time to give up or quit? So there are different different things that happen for us at different mm-hmm. times, right? At that time, when I set out to, to start my life mm-hmm. or my career, um, I clearly had like a, a window of a year to come back with something that was going to be what the shot enough, mm-hmm. enough for that particular time frame. I hadn't, you know, in my wildest dreams I hadn't said no I'm you know I'm going to sing a song with Deha Rahman I'm going to do a you know be an act- actress in a movie <laughs> or, or, or at, at an international level it's not even like just an acting gig yeah yeah so so I didn't I didn't sort of and and to be very honest I don't think that my wish list was really to be in any of this like I didn't really walk in 
or walk out of my house saying, I'm like, you know, my dreams to be a playback mm-hmm. singer. No, I just, I wanted to sing. I wanted to be mm-hmm. a singer. And it, I, I don't know why or how living in India, it didn't occur to me that I should be a playback singer. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's about, you know, how memorable mm-hmm. is your work. That's also, you know, an equal sure. measure of your Of course. And how oh. intense you are and how engaged you are with the activity and people around you. So, uh, yeah. we have a segment in our conversation called Autograph, Please, in which I talk about your signatures specifically. Now, signatures are about your public image. So, handwriting talks about who you are, whereas signature talks about how people perceive you. And sometimes, uh, you know, all of us wear masks and not COVID, but otherwise we wear these masks to please other people or keep it at bay. But the difference in your signature and your handwriting in a peculiar way talks about how people misunderstand you. So autograph please segment is about talking about how people misunderstand you in a way. So in your signature, uh, the way you write the first letter V is very sharp. The, the, the bottom part of the V is very pointed. And that talks about your analytical thinking. Now, as a person, when you are in an argument, if you're getting bored in conversations, if people are doing small talks with you, your frustration shows on your face. And no matter how hard you try, you can't hide that, that irritation or frustration if you disagree. <laughs> so because you're very logical in your thinking with, with people like that, they think that you are not approachable easily, which is not true. <laughs> when people start talking to you, they realize like, oh my God, why was I thinking like this? But in the moment when you are, when you are perceived like that, because you ask logical questions, because you're not easy to be convinced, uh, people think probably are not approachable. So you get that a lot. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, I get this reaction quite a lot that, you know, people walk up to me and talk to me and then, then after that they say, we didn't think it would be so easy to connect with you. And, and your connections, <laughs> because, also because you are an introvert, the connections are way deeper. So when you build friendships, they, they stay with you. You don't keep in touch with people mm-hmm. regularly, but every time you meet your friends, uh, over the years, you must have experienced it. The relationships are fresh. So you can pick up wherever you dropped and the conversations are very, very deep and real. So I, I yeah. feel uh, your way of being very uh, unapproachable is also your way to not engage in small talks. It helps you not have people around you who are just like saying things to please you. Yeah, that's for sure. No, I feel like... Um, a lot changed in in terms of my relationships mm-hmm. with my friends when suddenly you know i was in the yep. papers for you yep. know for my work and um, so overnight you know it dawned on me after, like say in a month a month or two after you know i had started working and pe- people had started writing mm-hmm. about me but suddenly i wasn't hearing from my friends anymore they weren't calling they thought you were now in that other category yeah so so then then i i remember thinking about it and i said okay i how would it be from their perspective you know looking at all of this from the outside um and i realized that they wouldn't know that i haven't changed unless i let them know for your out. so at at one point i just reached out and i called all all my all the people that i wanted 
in my life and you know called up and I said all of this might have happened but nothing's really changed I'm the same person and you know we don't need we don't need to be any different you know that kind of thing and also I have to say that my family was very grounded around me and you know Roberto has been my best friend So he was he was very real with me. He would always kind of say it the way it was, and that's that's the person he is. So all of that kind of really helped uh, keeping it real, and also the realization that you know if you lock yourself up in an ivory tower and don't let mm. people in, then who's losing out? You are really. Is there any question that you have that is you know something that is active for you, something that is say bothering, that is troubling, or something I can look at in your writing and talk about? I think you know a lot of us go through so many different transition mm-hmm. points sure. in our lives, and uh, I'm pretty certain that this one, this particular time, is a huge transition yes, point for all of us. Um, no matter what <laughs> we do, um, so you know, maybe do you see any of that? And so uh, I must say that in your case, transition is a way for you to be. so it's not a specific transition that is happening now if transitions do not happen you feel uneasy and you keep creating your mm-hmm. own learning curve so this has been interesting because it was forced externally also but other than that you have always chased your own transitions so you set out something that is uncomfortable and then you go for it and then you set out something else and then you go for it so you have always made choices and decisions like that so which is very interesting to look at now one mm. of the things that i feel is you moving away from something so it could be a a mm. physical space that you had created or an emotional commitment that you had created so when i when people move their jobs i see the transition in a way that they move away from the older space that was theirs now to do that you know any time you decide to pack bags and move there's so much that goes through because it took so long to connect with something so i see your transition mm-hmm. at that level where you're moving away from something that you had built and there is like it's almost mm-hmm. like a slight breakup that you're going through internally where you're coming to terms with your new reality coming to terms with how things were or how you had envisaged them and now you see okay that's not happening so i have to rebuild my connection say with with the activity but not in the manner that i had thought about it so that is in a way heartbreaking so i see that transition where you are if i may use the word it's, it's it looks to me more professional or probably in a friendship or, or a relationship like that not in your personal life but i feel it's almost like mm-hmm. nursing a heartbreak because you're so emotionally involved and invested in that idea you feel like oh my god how would i rebuild my life around it mm-hmm. Interesting. So before we end the conversation, I have two quick questions for you. One, which was your hmm. favorite failure? And second, is there any quote that you that you live by or something that you use as a reminder on the process on the journey? But there was a time, you know, which I think this was a deeply impactful um, experience okay. for me, where I uh, I auditioned for a, for a Western musical. and uh, in fact got the role okay and then was not able to fulfill it because of um, 
of uh, you know some bureaucracy okay oh my god and i took that really to heart quite a lot you know and i think that the failure wasn't to not being able mm-hmm. to do it i think the failure to be very honest was in taking it out on myself the way i did mm-hmm. um because um i think that up until then i had not faced rejection mm-hmm. in a way that i faced it then by somebody who didn't matter sure. you know and i think that's what hurt the most and so obviously the way i dealt with that was you could you could call that a failure huge failure. why do you call that failure i didn't pick up because i didn't pick up and walk away from it the way i usually mm-hmm. would otherwise you know? and i think that was the you know that's that's what i mean mm-hmm. as the failure is in not allowing it to affect me as deeply as it did and to just pick it up and walk away from it and move forward from it that would be okay and what is your favorite quote or mantra that you kind of keep reminding yourself while going through tough journeys i just you know keep reminding myself to take deep breaths i've realized that i've been doing that so you know since i was a young kid i think because that's what i would hear um my mom say take a deep breath <laughs> so i would i'm always take a deep breath so anything that is happening in your life anything is going chaotic you just take a breath like that's that's what you require i think we should make it a mantra for everybody we should make posters and stickers of that statement <laughs> because it makes you pause you know and just makes you kind of immediately stop whatever's like you know the the surface reaction to whatever's happening it makes you pause and then it, it allows you to kind of quickly process it to say whether working, it's not working wh- what that kind of reaction i, I talk it. about uh, response versus reaction so a breath is a great mechanism to move from reaction to response so i think what your mother mm-hmm. taught you to do unknowingly or without making it very psychological was this take a breath and then you will know what what you require to do in the moment yeah thank mm-hmm. you so much this was very interesting i think for all of us who are listening and even for me there were so many moments of learning new things about voice and expressing yourself and and using simple tools to really really find your own voice so i think thank you thank you so much that was this is really really great thank you for uh, speaking to me thank you thank you so much for joining me on this episode of absolutely right i love that part where vasundhara decided to experiment with her life for one year She said even though she had to negotiate her way with her parents and it wasn't easy she owed it to herself. What was your favorite part? Send me your feedback and questions on my Instagram handle @adithisurana. We all need to weigh our options every now and then. What do you base your decisions on? Your fears, your desires, or your inspirations? I say this often, your experience of life is not based on what you do, but how you feel when you do it. I see so many people who feel frustrated, irritated, anxious even when they are doing the right thing. Unfortunately, they do not feel very happy about doing the right thing. Let's discuss this topic in detail on our Friday episode. Before I say goodbye, let me invite you to join me on my Instagram live every Monday at 8:30 a.m. I start my week on a calmer note with my favorite graphotherapy practice, a simple Zen doodle-like handwriting movement that takes just 12 minutes. If you want to know more about it all the details are mentioned on my website link aditisurana.com/kamasutra 
C-A-L-M-S-U-T-R-A. If you like this podcast, then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A-game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me, Zarina Poonawala, to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships, from mental well-being to emotional well-being, and of course, your finances. I've got you covered. With these tips and tricks from me, Zarina, and true life stories from my amazing guests, you're bound to bring your purest to the table. Tune in to the Empowering Series with Zarina Punawala every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have a night routine? Well, everyone has one. And the to-do list usually looks like this. Brush your teeth, set that alarm, get into your pajamas and switch off those screens. But here's one more to add to that list. Tune into the Positively Unlimited podcast for a dose of positive action and tips on how to build powerful mindsets. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you tune into podcasts.